Hello, welcome to episode two of the podcast. We made it. <laughs> I almost didn't make it. Uh, I, guys, this week has been a struggle. I feel like time is coming by or going by really fast, and there's not enough hours in the day. And I'm taking applications for uh, Sugar Daddy because <laughs> working full time and trying to do something you're passionate about is is quite difficult. Uh, <laughs> trying to find time and feeling like a failure when you can't meet deadlines um, is it's a bit scary. Uh, I am working on my goal for this week is working on things to cut back in my diet that would hopefully help give me more energy. I don't know about you. <laughs> and I've been <laughs> I've been on TikTok scrolling through uh TikTok videos and I kind of stumbled on PCOS. I don't know what, what how you pronounce that. Um uh, this the PCOS TikTok. And some of the symptoms that people talk about I see that in myself, but I don't want to self-diagnose, so I think I might just um, go have someone, like, check me out, because it is absolutely exhausting to sleep and still be just as tired as when you went to sleep, no matter how many hours you get. Granted, I don't get enough hours of sleep, but even when I do try to get hours of sleep, I don't get enough. The last time I had good sleep, <laughs> this is so embarrassing, but it was when I, like, went out for one of my good friend's birthday, and I ingested in too much celebration and passed out. <laughs> like, but not, like, passed out because I, like, had too much to drink. More, like, my body was so tired, I went to sleep. And that was the best sleep I had had in months I can't really be putting myself in that state just to get some sleep so I need to figure that out um but we're gonna get right into the sponsor of today's episode I'm laughing at myself because this is just cringe but the sponsor of this today's episode is me drama ni uh, <laughs> so as part of the podcast there is also a shop where I sell some art prints stickers keychains um Namo pins, um, acrylic pins, acrylic keychains, uh, tote bags, digital uh, like background things you can load up on your iPad or your phone or your desktop. So feel free to go support me on there and make a purchase in honor of the podcast launching. There is a 10% off sale that's happening right now that expires on August 12th. Uh, so use the code episode one, one using the number one uh, to get 10% off your order today. Uh, and if you want me to pack your order on TikTok after you've placed it, go on any of my TikTok videos. And my TikTok account is Drama, D-E-U-R-A-M-A, Ani, U-N-N-I-E. Go on any of my videos, comment your order number, preferably maybe one of my packing order videos, and I'll pack your video on TikTok. Um, for you <laughs> and uh, we're gonna take it right back to the host Ramani. 
Hello, guys. The official welcome to episode two, because I didn't even think to do, like, let y'all know where you're at. But we're in episode two. <sighs> I'm not going to repeat how long of a journey it was to get here, uh, but it was. And I'm glad that I arrived. Today, uh, we're talking about a few dramas, some of which we talked about in episode one. So we're just continuing on. We obviously will not be revisiting remarriage and desires because that's done. Finito, finished, closed. So <laughs> we're going to start off today with extraordinary attorney Wu Young Wu. What it's actually called extraordinary, extraordinary attorney Wu. Uh, and so we left up last episode with the kissing between Juno, Lee Juno, and Wu Young Wu. It was cute. It was like, it was honestly what I expected it was going to be like. Um, and so now I was just looking forward to how she behaves now that they've had that moment. And she didn't disappoint. <laughs> uh, the first scene we see is her sitting there waiting for him to come into the office. And it's so cute. Uh, but the fluff aside... I feel like this episode is a precursor, just like episode 11 and 12 is precursor to what's about to happen because we only four episodes left in this entire show. So there needs to be some level of showdown between Wu Young Woo and her biological mother. Um, but before we get into that, we're going to talk about the two cases they worked. Um, they do an episode. They do a case in episode. The first case, oof, guys. When I tell you, I knew that man, like I knew the other shoe was going to drop because the first scene when I see this man carry his wife into the into Ambada's law firm because they were going in there to um, hire the lawyers there. I was like, really? We doing the most for what? Like we really doing this for what? Because she broke a heel. It was a little extra. But what really tipped me off <laughs> was that when they were explaining to um, attorney busman dude and Wee Young Woo the case, this woman, this man's going to basically say that, um, <laughs> I'm just annoyed, um, that he frequents gambling houses and he, three of this group of people, he and two other people, allegedly made a pact to pull their money together and buy a lottery ticket. And if any of the people win, any one of them wins, then um, then they split the win in three-way. So that's the agreement they allegedly came to. Now, one person did win and is not refusing to split the money three ways with everyone. But that wasn't the red flag for me. <laughs> the red flag for me was that the wife was saying, Miss Pepper... Um, when that's, yeah, she was saying that, um, she basically makes the money, meaning like she has this kimbap shop and so the money she makes is what takes her family. They're barely surviving. They're barely sort of making it through. And the only thing I could hear is that in the midst of this family struggling with a little paycheck, Miss Pepper, the wife gets, this man is taking a percentage of that and going and gambling. And she's going to say, he's a great father and husband. Um, Ma'am, this man's gambling 
with y'all money that y'all barely have. That's the first red flag for me. <laughs> that was like, okay, there's a problem here. And to me, I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm different, but how are you going to be committing a crime because gambling is against the law in Korea and then try to sue someone? Anyways, it worked. It worked because no mention about the fact that the entire promise was made off of, the, off of an illegal activity. The court still upheld it. Let's pause for a moment on that. Yes, but they didn't even talk about it. They mentioned it briefly in the consultation conversation, but not in the courts at all. So that's near here or there. He wins the case. The other shoe drops basically as they win the case because the witness they call to the, to the, to the altar, to the witness podium to say that that person was aware that they made a pact, a binding oral pact that they will split the money three-way. And while this woman is doing her witness statement, he throws her a heart sign, like a heart symbol, in the courtroom. <laughs> so they win. He wins. He gets 1.4 billion won, which is about 1.4 mil. And in the same courtroom when they announced the winning, he's all like tears, crying, like, Oh my gosh, this is for you. I'll give you and the family everything, blah, 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 blah. This man, in, he's not, he's not, sh- okay? Men in, sh- in general. <laughs> like, what? I mean, I didn't believe it because I saw the heart sign. Like, you're cheating. You're straight up cheating on this woman. And so, sure enough, he asked us for a divorce. Um, and I don't want to say karma, but he becomes this, like, really mean person. He came. To, he would come to her store and throw things, throw things around their store to force her to divorce him. And she's trying to figure out her options because if she divorces him, she needs to make sure she can get some percentage of that lottery, that winning, because she did all that work and she's going to be left with nothing to take care of her kids. And this man is definitely not going to take care of his kids. So she goes to Ambada to try and get a consultation. They tell her they can't help her because they obviously previously represented her husband, but they will recommend her to some like divorce attorney that could potentially help. So Idrino you know, and William would drive her back to her store, home, whatever. As they get there, guess who comes rolling really loud in an unnecessary car? Her ex-husband, Mr. Salt. He bought this really expensive car for like three hundred million won, which is like three hundred thousand dollars. He gets out of this car and proceeds to yell at his ex-wife. This is what money does to people. It's basically trying to force her to just sign divorce paper, yelling at her to just sign divorce papers. So they they realize how aggressive he's been, so they're like, let's just go back into the car. And he sees that they're leaving, so he gets mad, jumps in his car, and is like, I'm going to go after them to make sure they don't leave. This man forgot to look left and right, because as soon as he crosses, the white truck of debt came and cashed the check. (laughs) I feel bad for laughing, because, I mean, yeah, a shitty person nonetheless, but maybe I shouldn't wish that on them, but I don't feel bad, because at the end of the day, he did die. (laughs) 
he died. And guess what you don't take when you die? You don't take the money. So she ends up getting the money. Obviously, the car is totaled. But because the man had life insurance, life insurance was worth $300 million. So at the end of the day, the wife and the kids got back the exact money Mr. Salt won in that lottery case that he fudged. <laughs> um, so I think for me, it was a satisfying case. It was frustrating, but satisfying. Like, obviously, I don't want people to die, but, like, I wanted her to get what she deserved, and I'm glad she got it. It probably wasn't the best way to do it, but be a better human being. <laughs> um, and then the next case was an unjust, like, restructuring plan, I would say. Um, this life insurance company was bought out by another company, so they're restructuring. And their plan is to basically bully all the women or force all the women to quit their job so that their husbands can stay working there. So basically, this is what they were told. Um, if you quit your job, your husband has a job. If you decide to stay, you're going to make your husband make it hard for your husband's career. And you know, it's embarrassing for men to be stay at home. They can't be like, oh, I don't have a job. My wife has a job. What? It's embarrassing for a man to stay at home and take care of the kids that he made. I'm, where's the, like, what's not clicking? Because y'all, you made the kid. He's your kid. She's your kid. They're your kids. It's not embarrassing to take care of your kids. It's not one parent's job to take care of the kids that y'all made together. I, this case was interesting because there's a lot more writing on it than just it being a case. I don't like this man. I really don't like this man. I don't like him. Trash can is what I'm going to call him. Trash can has a real issue with Wu Young Wu because she gets her way. Uh, that's because she's intelligent, smart, has a lot to offer, and brings something to the table. Trash can is too busy doing everything else but his job. He spent the entire time researching into Wu Young Wu's biological mom to connect the dot. Why do you not have cases to do? Are you that bored? Do you literally have nothing else to do with your life? So he figures it out. I mean, he was told, but he figures it out. Figures it out? Fi what? Figures it out. <laughs> and he goes to Tessumi, which is the name of Young was biological mom, and he tells her, hey, um, I'm trying to work here. And she's like, yeah, try again next year. I'll remember her name. He's like, yeah. Um, so I know Young was your daughter. Anyways, I'm not really trying to spill your secret. I'm just trying to work here. Like, uh, I'm a guy is just too nice, too kind. Everyone is just too, like, I need cutthroat, people spilling secrets, people willing to do anything to win a case. Like, I don't want to become soft like this Ambada people. Let me get this straight. So, like, you're really fighting to be evil? Like, that's your goal in life, to just, like, match the evilness? <laughs> To be an uber corrupt person, to be soulless, that like that's what you're aiming for, my dude. Anyway, Sesumi is like, oh, okay. It's not enough to know secrets. 
you have to be capable. So here's the deal. If you can get Wee Young Woo to quit or get fired from Ambada, you'll be hired and you'll work directly with me. I sigh a lot because I'm just, that's my way of just, this man says, yeah, sure. Now, let's remember, the reason why she wants We Are Fired is because she's hoping that if she ain't got no job, she would be more likely to leave to go to Boston. So that way, outside of mind, she can win whatever nomination she's trying to win in politics. And um, she wouldn't have to worry about her secrets coming out. That she abandoned the kid and had a kid out of wedlock. So she's doing her very best to get to avoid those things. But I hope to heavens that that doesn't happen. They better not send Weon Wu to Boston and do a whole time jump two years later because I will fight someone. I will get on the plane. I will go to Incheon Airport. I will go to whatever the name of the channel that that is hosting, not Netflix, but the Korean channel, and I would whoop some ass after I Google how to do that because I've never been in a fight before. I'm just all talk. Um, <laughs> but he decides that he's going to take on that offer. So his first goal was to try and show Young Wu that Amada is not as good or clean as a company because, you know, he knows that she's morally... Um, like she's she's morally just as a person. So he's trying to use that as a way to maybe get her to quit. So he in this law unlawful termination or restructuring plan case, he lets her know that the person, the company who helped that company, the law firm who helped that company come up with this plan in the first place was Ambada. Which obviously was very frustrating for Wu Young Wu to hear. And she goes to attorney boss man dude's office and she's like, why? Blah, 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 blah. Like, this isn't us. And he's like, what do you mean? She's like, I became an attorney because I wanted to do good. I want justice to be served. And blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no. That's not the job of an attorney, basically. Just like, that's not what we do here. And I'm going to be honest. I like my girl, Wu Young Woo, but what were you expecting? Like, what? What were you expecting? This is the top two law firm in Korea. Did you think that they got to where they were because they were only taking morally just, and I have this in quote marks, cases? Like you don't defend what you would see as the bad guy or the bully in a scenario? Hell yeah. <laughs> like, they're, they're a large law firm. You get there by doing things like that and having those kinds of people. And let's be very clear, in the K-drama world, most of the bad guys that are funding these big law firms are rich, like, conglomerating companies. So, yeah, you're bound to find Amada being in dealings that you don't particularly love. This shouldn't have been rocket science for you. So, I don't know. I feel a little bit like... What's the word? I feel a little bit off that she's feeling a little bit conflicted about this case, but they've had cases that were a bit conflicting. Like, why are you guys defending this dude? 
Um, so <laughs> they've had conflicting cases. She should have known better, but I'll ride with the, with the plot they're going with. Um, so it starts making her question things. Um, they win the case. But before they win the case, I guess things weren't moving quick enough for trash cans. So he decides that he's going to take confidential and better documents that shows that they knew and the planning they did for the for the restructuring plan before they put it into play. He took that, put that in an envelope, put Young was card inside of it and mailed it to the like com- competing attorney. Thankfully the attorney didn't use that evidence. Because um, she knew that if she used it, it would work greatly against Wu Young Wu. Um, so that failed too. It didn't work. So I think that he's probably going to come even stronger um, in the next couple of episodes that we see because it's coming down to the line. And he, if he really wants to move to this other company, he's going to have to like put in the work. He needs to put in the work to be a bad human, <laughs> a bad person. Because what does Wu Young Wu really do to you? Like, what does, she do, what does she do that bothers your entire life, that you devote yourself to, instead of bettering yourself as a lawyer, you devote yourself to her? <laughs> That's Quinn shit right there. She, she's not even worried about you, but you worried about her. I don't understand. Um, but last thing that also happened, I don't know if they're going to delve more into this. I hope not, because I'm not really looking for an additional storyline, but... Um, Attorney Busman dude, <laughs> uh, a couple, like eight years ago, he worked a case with another attorney uh, where this dude brutally murdered his own father and was sent to jail. But they, they did so well that the man only got eight years in prison. Well, he got released, and his first course of business is to go attack the other attorney on the case, which meant that attorney Busman dude could be next. <laughs> And he was scared. I mean, I I would be. I'm not really making fun of him for being scared. I would be scared too. Um, the CEO, bus bus woman CEO, tells him they're gonna try and find him, but he's not caught yet. But she's like informed security. They've shown pictures, so that way there's at least some level of protection. What I don't understand. What I don't understand is why were you still working late alone at this place when there is a man out there wanting to hurt you why make it make sense when it's getting dark and everyone else in the office is clearing out this is when you clear out you work from home i can't feel bad for you because you're like in this whole entire building by yourself late at night dark running up and down the stairs because some dude in the mask is following you around anyways long story short it ended up being nothing. Well, it wasn't nothing. They caught the man. Um, and he finally felt that he could breathe. And then he was coughing up, like, blood on his hand. My only thing is, I really hope that's just, like, a reaction from the stress of feeling like your life was in danger at every second. And I hope it's not because uh, they're about to have a storyline where he's dying because we don't want it. I don't know about y'all, but I certainly don't want it. They can keep it. Uh, I'm looking forward to next episode. I want to see how they really get us across the um, next four episodes. How did things unfold here? I don't know what more is going to happen with the Ijuno and William with relationship. Uh, but, I mean, we got to kiss scene. So I'm all good there. I just want to see how they wrap up the whole mother scene. <laughs> 
Um, and we're going to move on to, so that was Extraordinary Attorney Wu. Uh, I liked the episode. It was fine. It wasn't anything like super, I don't know, maybe I'm just getting used to it and it feels like the same pattern, but I don't know. Why am I speaking? Because I watched Law and Order and that's the same pattern. It's a case, a court case, repeat, rinse and repeat. So I guess, yeah. The next one is one we haven't talked about yet, and it is today's webtoon. It's a coming-of-age, slice-of-life type K-drama series starring Kim Joo-song, Kim Se-jong, Nam Yoo-soon, and Choi Daniel. It tells the story of Oh Eun, a former judo, judo athlete, is it judo or judo? I don't know, <laughs> who struggles to adapt to a new job as a webtoon editor after retiring as an athlete due to an injury. You can watch this on Viki. I watched all four episodes. We're going to just give my overall thoughts on it. Um, it is a bit different. It's like Think Me Sing, but a little bit more upright. It's like an office-esque drama. Um, and he... I, I mean, on here it says that she retired because of an injury, but uh, <laughs> it could be an injury that, like, that happened to her person, like her body, or an injury she inflicted on somebody else. Huh. Okay. Because they haven't really dug into that part yet. At least it's just been four episodes. The only thing I got from this is that this girl got a whole job at a different company, and they're still hiding it from her dad. I mean, you're 20. I'm assuming she's at least 25. Her character, that is. Wait. <laughs> you can't just tell your dad, like, hey, I need to do something else. Like, I can't do judo right now or judo, whatever to pronounce. I'll just call it judo. Um, that's what we're going to call it here. I hope that's the right way. <laughs> um, but we're going to do, I don't want to do judo right now. I want to do something else. Like, What's the worst that it could happen? Kick you out of the house and you be homeless and have a place to stay? Well, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the worst that could happen. Um, one thing I do want to point out and why I like watching dramas on Viki is the comment section. Sometimes it's annoying AF. Like, annoying AF, but sometimes it's funny. Someone was like, how she got the latest iPhone, and she's just, like, a delivery girl, and I'm just like, welcome to K-dramas. Um, no rhyme or reason. The poorest girls in K-dramas be having coat after coat after coat, and they be long-line, nice-looking, fancy coats. How do you afford that? How do you afford that? But that's a K-drama world. <laughs> but I think for me, I want to say this, and I want to say this clear as day. If there is, and there is to be, an obvious romance element to this drama, if Choi Daniel is a second male lead, I'm not watching it anymore. What do I look like sitting here watching Nam Yusun's character be the first male lead? I am not the target audience for that. <laughs> I'm a target audience for Chai Daniel, 
I know the target audience for Nami is you. Nothing against the man, but like nothing against the man, but especially the character he plays is not given. Like he's not caring, and I don't know that I I don't know. <laughs> it just won't be for me. I'm gonna be open and honest. If that's the direction they take with it, if there's a romance element, I'm not gonna watch it anymore. So pre warning, this might get dropped if that's the because I must I'm. I, we're not going to sit here and do this. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and put myself through that. Um, ultimately, this Webtoon company that she's working for, the team that she's on, is on the verge of being sort of like canned, um, sacked, fired, let go, if they don't hit their sales. But what's very interesting for me about this drama is that you get to kind of, well, I don't know anything about being a Webtoon artist and the Webtoon world, so I don't know if there's any ounce of this that's, like, closer to how things are for Webtoon artists and in the Webtoon company. But what she does at her company is that they're pities, They're producers. Webtoon producers is what they're called. So they're responsible for finding this artist, like, whether it be, um, what's the word? Whether it be, like, new up-and-coming artists, um, artists who are more... Uh, renowned well-known somewhere like popular just a mixed range they 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 sign on those artists and then they're in charge of managing them ensuring that they're doing what needs to be done they're releasing they're providing manuscripts in time so they can hit those deadlines uh they're ensuring that their artists in the right mind space they continue to produce good work so that viewers can continue to listen and ads and money so that's her old goal. So we get to kind of watch her, Mahoon, and the others on the team sort of go through different challenges with this artist. But I think for me, the most annoying artist is the one that is her favorite artist, which is the artist for her webtoon, the webtoon she likes, uh, Gumio Princess. That man is obsessed with his girlfriend. And he's not okay. So is his girlfriend. She's not okay. If you don't like a man, you feel like this man never has enough time for you and is always busy, leave the relationship. Let's not play these games. She would run off and be like, where do you think I am? And then he's panicking. He's stressed. He can't do anything else. He can't function because he wants to find his grown-ass adult girlfriend who's running around for attention. Because the man has to work. And to make it worse, she doesn't even read his webtoon. What? 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 Annoying. Annoying is what it is. Annoying is what it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> there really isn't much to say. It is interesting. I like it. I'll keep it around because it's, though it has scenes that are a bit like more slice of life-esque, I'm going to keep it around because it is relatively lighter than everything else I'm watching. So, um, yeah, there's probably going to be more interesting thing or it's probably just going to be mellow. I've not really watched a Sejong drama in. Have I? No, I don't think I've, I've seen some maybe like made it through like four episodes. Actually, never mind. There's only one I've made it through seven episodes and that's Business Proposal. And I saw all I needed to see. I did not need to continue. I did not need to finish it. I was good. I, I, I had 
everything that I could get from it, I got in the first seven episodes. I was good. I moved on and I didn't think back I, or like go back. But that was um, today's webtoon. That's that's literally what it's called. Um, this is where we do K-drama recommendation of the week. And I was going to hold this one until later, but... I decided to just do it now because might as well. Might as well just like pull it out now. The drama of t- today's drama's recommendation, nostalgic element, um, is Healer. Healer is a 2014 drama um, starring Ji Chang Wook, Pak Min Young, and Yu Ji Tae. And this is about. Uh, how, what's the best way to explain this? This is about um, a messenger career. So this is like a for hire to just do things. He do everything except kills people. Um, and, and if you were to go off of the wiki, the wiki, Wikipedia, uh, this <laughs> synopsis, it says a decades old incident involving a group of five friends who ran an illegal pro democracy democracy broadcasting station during the fifth republic in south korea brings together three different people an illegal night career with a codename healer which is played by chi chang wook who possesses top-notch fighting skills and he sure does because hardcore parkour uh, <laughs> he be jumping buildings um a reporter from a second-rate tabloid news website Park min young and a famous journalist at a major broadcast station ujite while trying to uncover the truth from that 1992 incident in a series of present-day murders. Were there murders? Am I, oh, yeah, there was. the tripping. <laughs> they grow into honest reporters who try to blur the line of conflict between truth and reality, even if that means fighting media on shows. LOL, on shows. Um, I love Healer. It's on one of my top list of favorite dramas. I love it. I recommend that to every single soul. And if you don't like it, you don't have taste. Argue with your mom. Um, <laughs> that's my rec- uh, my nostalgia moment recommendation of the week. I might rewatch it, actually, before I go to sleep. Because um, now I'm thinking about it. And all I can think about is the OST as well. But, yeah, go ahead and check that out. And now we're going to move on to Adamas. Um, this is obviously drama starring G Song and G Song because we need more than one G Song is always welcome. Um, I only watched one episode last week, and I was gonna do all three, like the two, three, four that were available, but I didn't get around to four because work-life balance doesn't exist for me. Ah. <laughs> um. Adamas is going to be very interesting. I think it's not like just super fast-paced drama. I don't know. Sorry, I take long pauses, one, to breathe because I get like, I get anxiety talking sometimes too, even though I'm here alone. Um, So I like feel like I can't breathe at times. So that's why you're hearing me either pausing to breathe or pausing to like be dramatic and and process like say how I want to say what I need to say but 
Adamus isn't this super fast-paced drama. I think there are layers about it that like are still unknowns for me. I know I enjoy it. But it doesn't necessarily move as quickly for me. Um, but all I get from this is Song is the name of the company that is basically at the center of everything that this drama is going to be wrapped around. I'd be damned. Damned, I say. If it ends up being not even connected to a song, it's not possible. It's literally not possible that it wouldn't be connected to a song. Um, I think that. What do I think? I think that for me. So Wushin, the the writer twin, who is now at the A-Song compound, is playing a dangerous game. Um, sometimes I feel like he's very smart and intelligent, and he's able to think really fast. But there are times that I'm just like, he acts like he's not in an entire building that has the, like, the world's best security system tracker to know everything about you, to scan your entire soul when you walked into the building. Like, you're being watched. You need to be careful of what you say out loud, what you share, you're being watched. Maybe there's... Maybe he's purposely leaving this, like, holes for people to find. Maybe he has a plan around it. But it's hard for me to see that because I'm just like, man. (sighs) Like, you literally have people watching you and you can't be better. (laughs) Um, I think the biggest shocker or confusion for me is when I read the synopsis for it, it basically said that their their biological father has been accused of killing their stepfather. But so far, in the three episodes I've watched, there's no sense, unless I miss something, that either one of the twins think Lee Chang-wook, the, the person who murdered, allegedly killed their father, is related to them. There's literally no, like what's the word there's no signs like there's nothing that says that they feel that way so i don't know if this nonsense is wrong and we're missing something or it's just gonna take them a while to realize it um i don't know but wushin was got a letter basically telling him that ichangwu is not the real killer of his father turns out the letter came from this daughter-in-law of the chairman of Sung, but we don't know who recommended Wushin to the chairman as the ghostwriter. Because his daughter-in-law said it wasn't her. So who was it? Who is it? Who else is like playing games behind the scene? Because I don't. It's not the, the undercover lieutenant or undercover detective. Because he's trying to get Wushin out the house, so you wouldn't have invited him in. That wouldn't be smart. And so I don't know. I don't know who is behind it. What I do know is that the other twin, the prosecutor twin, is definitely putting a target on himself. So after the reporter was able to sort of convince him that, um, sorry, able to convince him, I don't know why I said sorry to myself, um, <laughs> able to convince him that 
Lee Chan Wu isn't the real criminal or the real like attacker of their dad. She's like, we need to question the witness because the witness is claiming to be colorblind to the colors red and green, but very much identified the jacket of that Lee Chan Wu was wearing, which was red. How can you see that if you can't see that color? How? How can you see it if you can't see that color? So persecutor twin goes over to visit the the witness and um he meets them right at their front door. They obviously welcome in it welcome him in and uh the wife of the witness was in an accident like twenty two years ago, right around when the case happened. Um and so the prosecutor twin confronts them. He denies it at first, and they're like, well, really? Like, how did you afford, like, this house and everything right around the same time as the case? And he's like, this is from, like, when my wife had an accident and it was a settlement case and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, if I was lying, which he is, okay, you're lying because you can't even see that color, so how could you have called that out? If I was lying... Why did Yi Chang Wu confess to committing the murder? And that's a wonderful question. Because even if a witness is lying, if you didn't kill someone, why would you confess? Why would you say, yeah, I killed him? Unless there's something else at play. Or you felt like there was no hope for you, so you just kind of surrender. We don't know. Um, but what we do know is that His Song is involved in this. Well, Prosecutor Twin leaves. <laughs> he leaves the witness residence. And guess what? The witness gets on the payphone, calls a random number, a coded number, and it links to Song's team, the cleanup team, the people who do the dirty business. And he's telling them, hey, the, the son came over, the victim's son came over. He thinks that, like, I was lying. I like I don't blah blah blah. He's hysterical on the call with them. They said, We'll take care of it, whatever. Well, they took care of it. By killing his wife and making it look like whole man committed suicide. The literal next day after the persecutor visited them, they died. The girl was too stunned to speak. Because what I what we realize next is that the daughter of the witnesses who the witness who lied about what he saw is the reporter who has been trying to get prosecutor twain to realize that the person who killed his dad is not who is in prison so she is in shock because her parents just died and she believes it's her fault because if she didn't drag all of this to happen they would have never died If she wasn't searching for the truth, they wouldn't have died. I mean, no one believes they killed themselves. No one believes he killed his wife and jumped off his building. I mean, as a viewers, we know <laughs> that he didn't. But if you were if you were in the drama, I could see why you would believe it. But if you knew behind the scenes stuff, then you wouldn't believe it. 
Um, so I can definitely see them teaming up together. But the problem here is Rescue 20 is being tailed by two people. One is the police. Um, the people on the team with the uh, the undercover detective that's in the Hayson compound with Wushin, the Ryder twin. So <laughs> they're following him. Now Hayson's cleanup team is also following him. My man's in danger. <laughs> he needs to be very careful because these people don't come to play and they have access to funds. They will do anything and all things. By the end of the day, it appears that the murder weapon that allegedly actually killed the father is the Adamas, which is the diamond-encrusted arrow symbol of Heisung. Wushin is in the house to steal the diamond-encrusted arrow that is the symbol of Heisung. My thing is, that is a death wish. Because that chairman doesn't play in that entire house state of the art state of the art security like they literally track your every single move you make in the house how are you going to accomplish this feat i mean they grow opiums in their in their like uh greenhouse there are no rules there you disappear you disappear but I think the thing I'm the most curious about is this person. This name they mention that triggers the chairman and really most of the people in the house that like makes him upset when they mention it because wishing the hardest when he smiles, it reminds him of this person. So I really hope they explain further who this person is. Um, because maybe it would give us a little bit more insight. At the end of the day, the biggest thing, and now we wrapped the episode, was Little Miss Housekeeper, head of the house, manager of the home, walks, she's mad because initially, Chairman was going to go to Venice or Italy or somewhere and be there for months and said he no longer needed wishing around. Wishing has 18 days before the statutes of limitations um, close on his dad's case to bring the chairman to justice or whoever it is that killed his dad. So this sudden announcement is um, is getting in the way of his plans because he wants to steal the Adama so he can have an autopsy on it and prove who killed them. I just know why he thinks that they won't be able to bribe the NIS or whatever the people that, that does autopsy is. But... I think for me, this lady is gonna be an issue because she's obsessed with chairman. So there's is there a backstory there? I don't know, but I'm sure we'll probably find out because I know he mentions that she um saved his life once and he owes his life to her. Uh she was very happy at the thought that Wuxing was leaving, only for Wuxing to find a loophole, which is his assistant's dad is hard of hearing. Um, so he knows how to read sign language and the chairman's secretary can't hear. So she speaks in sign language. So she's talking to him. The assistant sees what they're saying, which is basically they're starting, they're going to open up, uh, 
They're going to get this man that they are backing to be president so that he can sign into bill or whatever that allows them to manufacture guns and allow everyone, <laughs> everyone and their mother access to guns. Because y'all saw Americans said, that's the blueprint. Y'all saw Americans said, that's how we want to go. That's what we want to follow. There we go. <laughs> that's, that's the blueprint. We want to be just like them. Let's increase our shootings. Um, but one thing someone said, I think it was a detective, the undercover detective. If ASOM wants something, they can get it done. If it's by creating fair to make everyone feel like they need guns, they will do it. And this makes me believe it's true because in the beginning, in the prison, this murderer dude stabbed and killed people in prison. And that's what got everyone riled up to want to vote for the debt penalty, to reinstate the debt penalty. penalty. But they set that up. So all I can think about is that there's going to be a bunch of like massive as random shootings happening and break-ins and people are going to feel unsafe and they're going to want guns. And that's how they're going to be the ones to provide them because they created the fear that they're solving for. Please. Like it's like, I understand the need to want to make money. I just don't understand the need to do it so bad that you are hurting your own country because those guns can be used on you too. You know that, right? Like guns don't discriminate on like status, wealth, class, role, job, like guns will bullet through you regardless of your status. Uh, anyways, he basically just the chairman. They know he obviously can't let them leave now that they know there's big plan. So it's basically going to make them stay until the election is over and they will release them, which means that Wuxin gets to stay and still do what he's hoping to do, which makes the house manager really mad because she was so excited for him to leave. So she goes into his office and the writer's office, they set aside for him. She throws everything everywhere, kicks around the trash can, and she sees a letter. A letter that Wuxin wrote to the daughter-in-law to basically sort of blackmail her. And she tore up the letter and they put it in the trash can. She barely tore it up. Like, you could, st- you don't even need to, like, glue things together. You could just see the words on there. So now she knows. She knows that someone sent him a letter and that's why he's there. Um, I don't know what she's going to do with that information because I didn't watch episode four. But that's where we ended. And we'll see. At the end of the day, nothing better happened. To either of the Wusong. Or I am throwing hands. I am throwing hands. At who? Everyone. Everyone is getting this hands. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> no one is getting hands. But I will be upset if one of the twins die. That's a fact. And our final ep- uh, show of today's episode is... Big Mouth. I like saying it like Big Bang, uh, but it's Big Mouth. Um, I am loving this drama. Um, It is quite interesting. And I say this because 
<laughs> I say this because um, there's so many interesting characters on here and so many unknowns. Um, where we left off, I don't even remember. Um, but I remember when I watched this episode, we watched episode three and four, and each time we would decide, oh, girl, I remember now. <laughs> All I do is look at my notes. Um, so we left off at Yi Chang Wu, Yi Chang, Yi Chang Ho, no Wu, oh, um, basically trying to unalive himself. So this is where he's escaping from prison and wanting to get shot. Obviously, I was right. They didn't shoot him. They just hit him. Um, they took him in, and that was that. Um, but he's now determined to make it out alive, and in order to do so, he has to really embody being big mouse um and for some reason the vip crew have now taken to him as their number one enemy even though they're in prison they should be focused on how to get out of jail instead you're focused on this random dude that you don't believe is big mouse but you like what like what is this an ego trip i don't get it (laughs) like i don't get it um but he's now determined to embody big mouse and just play along and say he's big mouse um miho his wife is working really hard to try to find evidence and proof to help save her husband so she's now transferred transferred to the hospital where this whole drama started i just want to take a moment to say at what age do people stop hazing people Because at your big adult age, you're still hazing people. Like, these nurses at the hospital are hazing Miho. Like, you're an adult. When do we move on from this phase? Anyways, my girl can be hazed. They They tried to frame her for giving the wrong medication that was never listed on the medication, like, treatment list thing. And homegirl are taking a picture <laughs> because I know she just sensed that this 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 bitches are playing with her. She's like, not me. She's like, here's what I, the picture I took before I did the give him the medication. And sure enough, it had that medication in there. They were trying to play with her. Um, I will say I was a bit scared for her when she was going around asking everyone about this paper, the paper that got the writer of the these of the paper killed. She's asking everyone around it. Of course, they're denying it. It got a man killed. <laughs> Clearly, no one wants to have that in existence. So why are you boldly asking everyone about it? And also walking around in the dark when you've just told the whole hospital that you now have access to this unpublished paper by this doctor that was murdered for the paper. It doesn't make sense. I wouldn't walk around in the dark, period. Alone, period. In other ways, no. I am not a superman. I'm not Wonder Woman. I'm not any of the superhero characters. I can't fight a freaking ant. They will win that battle every day, all day. Like, completely. Uh, (laughs) I say all that to say, I say all that to say, um I think 
that. Toy Doha, the mayor of Kuchan, there's something. We don't we don't know his motive. He is being set up to seem like the good guy, like he's on the side of Mio and crew. But he obviously has his own personal like vendetta against Jiun, high roller dude, who killing it in his role. Um, like he clearly has a vendetta against him, but there's an elder. There's always an elder behind the scene pulling the strings. And it's going to be like some non-impressive dude at the end. Like I almost give you a spoiler there <laughs> on a completely different drama. But um, <laughs> yeah, I almost get a smaller. I have to control myself. But like, there's always an elder in the scene. I I thought Gene was going to be top dog, but he's not top dog. Because in front of the said elder, he's like a puppy. Um, and Doa's wife has a connection to the elder, and he obviously favors her. But I know that Doa's wife knows something, and she's lying to her husband. He believes, or he says he believes his wife is telling the truth, but I don't know that he believes her. Like, he doesn't give me anything. I can't, like, I can't read his mind, like, at all. <laughs> like, I don't know what he's thinking in his head. But what I do know is that we need to know who Big Mouse is because there are only two, like, there's only a couple options. It could be Ichango character who's preparing to be Big Mouse. He's actually Big Mouse. It could be Miho. It could be Miho's father-in-law. It could be Chango's attorney and slash friend. It couldn't be Jihoon. It couldn't be any of the VIP people. It couldn't be the warden. Like, it just doesn't make sense for it to be any of them. Um, my <laughs> biggest thing is that the um, Chang-ho, like, second-hand or right-hand dude, um, Jerry, he's going to be so disappointed if it ends up not being... Um, if it ends up that Chang-ho isn't Big Mouse because... Then he, like, he respected Big Mouse, which is why he followed Chango everywhere. So it'd be, like, a big hurt in his soul. So it's either that or he's going to end up betraying Chango, which would be the biggest betrayal. And I, wait, hold on. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, okay. Why didn't I why didn't I think about this? Why? Okay. <laughs> okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. Jerry is Big Mouse. If you haven't seen Vincenzo, I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. Feel free to skip by a couple minutes. Um, but when I was watching Vincenzo, which I I didn't finish it, so I'm sorry. If you are one of those people that like was absolutely in love with that drama, I didn't finish it. I don't know why. I just never got, got around to it. Um, I was watching it. I was like, wow, Octakeon's character is like really just playing this like sidekick assistant, like goofy assistant. Like it just doesn't make sense that that's the role he spells. Like he has to have a bigger role. That's when I figured out that he was big man. Um, he was the like, the bad guy, <laughs> like the one controlling everything. 
And I think that's what's happening here. Because Kwang Do-young, who plays Jerry, is like, he's relatively well-known. Why would he sign off to play a character that's like more behind the scenes, like more laid back, more background? He wouldn't. Unless times are hard, but he wouldn't. So the only thing I can think about is he is Big Mouse. He's behind the scenes, laid back, looking in, following around this man who's pretending to him when in the, enti- the meantime, he actually is Big Mouse. This would be mind-blown because brothers... I heard he died in Vincenzo, and honestly, I feel like I would have felt bad because it turns out his character ended up kind of like being good from what I saw online. But if that's what's happening here, I won't be shocked. Anyways, that's my this is my top guest list of who Big Mouse is: Jerry, Chango, Miho, father-in-law. Attorney and friend, and some character we haven't met yet. Those are my top six people. <laughs> very broad, very broad. Um, I really enjoyed these episodes, um, the episode three and four. I think for me, I'm really looking forward to the biggest name that we need to know as we go into episode five and six is how does Chang Ho get past? The dilemma that he falls into. So Jihoon is the high roller dude who was scammed by Big Mouse for like for like a hundred billion dollars. So Big Mouse is looking for Jihoon. I mean, sorry, for Big Mouse. Wait, what? Jihoon is looking for Big Mouse everywhere. <laughs> and so because he needs his money back. And if Chang'o is Big Mouse, Jihoon needs Chang'o to prove that he's Big Mouse. So Chang Jihoon tells Chang'o, I'm gonna be back in a week. I need you to give me a list of five people that you sold drugs to to prove to me that you're a big mouse. So what does he do? He contacts the mayor, asks the mayor if he can get him a list. The mayor has access to Big Mouse Ledger. So the mayor gets him the list, gives it to Miho. Miho goes to visit Chango and gives him the list. I'm like, oh, yes, at least he can continue to fake his way through it. Cuffball, Cuffball, Curveball, Jiyoon, High Roller Dude, made up the list, was in cahoots with a prosecutor who seemed like he was going to be, like, loyal to Choi Doha, the mayor of Guchan, but he ended up being a snake anyways, but it's not shocking. Money makes everyone turn into a snake. Jiyoon made up this list. He put random fake names. And that's the list that Choi Doha was working off of. So now they're in this gallery. And Choi Doha is looking at a painting. June walks up. He's like, I'm about to head over to the prison. You want to come? He's like, why is that my business? I don't care. Why would I care? And he's like, well, the list I gave you, the ledger you have is fake. I made it up. So if each Chang Ho says, is it Yi Chang-ho or Pak Chang-ho? I don't know what his last surname, last, last name is. Uh, but Chang-ho lists out any of those names that I made up. Then basically the man's dead. So Cho Doha tries to call the warden to try and see if he can get 
like a warning out. The warning is not picking up because warning is just wishy-washy. It's just all over the place. He's with whoever is paying the most at the moment. Um, and the next thing we see, the next thing we see is uh, it being time for Chang'o to go face-to-face with June and basically um, either come through with a list or have, say, the wrong list and be on on deck to be murdered in that lawless prison. So he comes out of his prison. It's time, and everyone in the prison all is chanting and, like, stomping, and they're, like, yelling, big, 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 big. They're just chanting him on. And I'm sitting there, I'm just like, oh, I hope he has a backup plan. Please do not say that list. Please do not say it, because all that is fake. Like, I need something to have happened and for you to somehow realize that maybe you shouldn't say that list out or come up with a different idea. I don't know how intelligent this man is because he never won a case when he was a lawyer. So I'm just like, ah, nervous. I'm nervous. But I know he'll be fine because it's episode five. We're we're just, we're at episode four right now that's being released. So like, is there isn't a funny way out. I'm just very curious as to what that way is. I'm intrigued by that. Um, yeah, I enjoyed that. I, I honestly enjoyed this week's episode of Big Mouth. Um, I would say it sort of climbed to the top of the list for me. Uh, I haven't watched a E. Johnson character uh, show in a minute, so this was like this was a good re- reintroduction of him back into like my flow of K dramas. Um, and that is all for. All the K-dramas we watched this week. By we, I mean I watched this week. Um, if you're watching any of these K-dramas and you want to chat about it and just have a continuous discourse, Twitter. Tweet at me. Drama, D-E-U-R-A-F-A, Ani. And just tag me, Twitter at me, twit at me. Let's chat, let's talk. I'm willing to even dive further into like aspect or areas that you guys want to talk about when it comes to these dramas. Um, and, and we're going to go with the last corner of today's episode, which is, uh, what was the scene of the week? I, so I thought about it and the scene of the week for me, however, absolutely disgusting, absolutely gross that I was like, write a name direct to Nim, what is we doing because why did this scene go on for as long as it did so the scene of the week goes to big mouth and this is a scene where um chango and the prison crew who are graded below by the warden's grading get to do the shitty end of the chore stick and i mean that literally but when it was time for them to take a break and eat food they they start serve them like just the bottom of the barrel type food. So they just basically get mad. They're like, give us real food. So they're like, you know, we're going to get real food. They start to walk out and they're met by the prison guards and they start throwing shit like buckets of sewage shit at the prison guard. It was disgusting and I hated it, but it was probably the most jarring in my face like scene that I watched this week 
And I know some people might think, well, what about the truck of death? We see the truck of death every time. I'm not desensitized, but it's it it <laughs> it is it is what it was. It was what it is. So <laughs> but for me, this scene was just gross, disgusting. And to make it worse, shortly after they all they win that fight off for the prison group and the warden, they are allowed to go into food hall and get food. These mother efforts go into food hall smelling like absolute shit, okay? And they go into a food hall where other people are eating. For what? And then on top of that, Miho comes to visit. Mans is still in his disgusting, disgusting shit. <laughs> and she hugs him. Now that's true love because me, it couldn't be me. I hate smells. Smells like literally make me recoil into my like mother's womb. Um, I do not like smells and she hugged him for a long time and I could not do it. And maybe that's why I haven't found love. <laughs> but honestly, that that was like the most like in my face scene that like stood out for me. And it was so gross. And that concludes today's episode. Just a reminder, we do have a discount um, on the shop on the website where you can go buy some really nice keychains, uh, stickers, pins, art prints, tote bags, and so forth um, using the discount code EPISODE1, and that's the number one. You can get those items on www.d-e-u-r-a-m-a-u-n-n-i-e. That's www.dramaani.com. Um, and I will see you all next time at the next party i hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and just have fun life is good and if it's not good just find a good drama cry yourself to sleep and everything will be better and i will see you all next week